Hello, welcome to another episode of Never Seen It. I'm your host today, Betsy, and with me is Trent. Hey, hey. So today, we have decided that we're wrapping up the month, and I was looking at the calendar, and it's been a whole lot of movies with a whole lot of dudes in the month of May. May has been the sausage fest to end all sausage fests. So to counter that, I have decided we are ending this month with a female-led movie, and I'm so happy to say I have finally convinced Trent to watch (laughs) this gem of a movie from 1999, we are watching Drop Dead Gorgeous. Betsy has been trying to get me to watch this movie since well before the podcast. I would say this is amongst the top 10 of movies that I have hassled you about for the last (laughs) decade plus, because it just shocks me that you've never watched this one. Why would I have ever watched this movie? Because it's amazing. (laughs) Okay, me. Why would I have watched this movie? Because it's amazing. (laughs) No, so this is a movie that I recently thought about and I really wanted to watch it and it wasn't available. And then a couple weeks later, it showed up on HBO and I like to think I had something to do with that. Yeah, you manifested it. Yes, I manifested this movie. So we are going to take advantage and we are going to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous while it is available and while other people can enjoy it as well. Yeah, hopefully it's still available after this episode comes out. I should think so. They tend to keep keep stuff on HBO a lot longer than on things like Netflix. Excuse me, Betsy. Max. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's on Max now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But in any case, Trent, what do you know about Drop Dead Gorgeous? Oh, boy. Um... So I specifically did not try to consume anything because we've been talking about doing this movie for a while and I've been trying to avoid anything about it. But from what I remember from back in 99, it is about... Ladies, (laughs) Ladies, <laughs> and there is a like fashion show type of thing. It's Denise Richards. Back when Denise Richards was kind of everywhere. In the mid to late 90s, yeah. yes, that was her peak. And we have covered a, a Denise Richards movie. I had to remind you, we covered Wild Things. Yes, that was a while ago, yeah. so it's been it's been a hot minute since I, she's been here. That was like 97, 98 is when that came out. Something and that was her bad. one of her big, big breakouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, But other than that, I know it's fashion, I know it's Denise Richards, and I know it's like women like fighting is is it like like a caddy kind of a thing? I I really do not know. Do you know where it takes place? No. Okay. (laughs) So you On a runway. On a runway. So you kind of don't know much at all about this movie. No, and I will say this. Uh, I get this movie and the movie Jawbreaker confused because they both kind of came out around the same time. They're both female-led movies with these like up-and-coming female actresses. I will tell you, you know Denise Richards, but there are a ton of people in this movie that you I'm will sure. 100% recognize. I'm sure. Some that I think you will be very surprised to see. Is Rose McGowan in it? Is that why? No, I don't believe she is, but okay. I, I get why you are confusing those two because they did come out about the same time and there's something about the poster, like very yeah. bright colors. Colorful, yeah. And just that late 90s, early 2000s vibe where we were kind of getting into pleather and animal prints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have plenty to say about the fashion. Fair enough. All right, well, since you kind of don't know what we're going to go and watch, we're just going to do it. We're going to go and see Drop Dead Gorgeous, and we'll be right back. Oh, boy.
That was Drop Dead Gorgeous Trent. Is this the part where I get to say I told you so? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that was unexpected. You were on the right track, so it's not a fashion show. It is a beauty pageant Yes. in very rural Minnesota in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it's actually set in 95, uh, even though it was filmed in 1999. Yes, it came out in 99. And uh, yeah, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> You could say that. Uh, yeah, like I said, I was totally unexpecting of that entire thing and the fact that it's a fucking mockumentary. Oh, yeah, the thing starts and it gives, like, the title sequence and says, you know, oh, a documentary crew was there. And you're like, wait, is this wait, a mockumentary? What? <laughs> I was, again, unprepared for this kind of a movie. Betsy, you never told me any of this. Because You just a, wanted to sit me down and watch it. That's right. At a certain point, <laughs> I just need you to experience the joy that is this ridiculous movie. It's great, though. It's so great. And if you're from South Dakota or any of the surrounding the states, upper Midwest. the upper Midwest, you will get a kick out of this movie simply because... It's in a made-up town. It's in Montrose, Minnesota, which is apparently a anagram of Rosemont, which is a real town. Yeah, it's just backwards. Rosemont is a real town where the screenwriter of this movie grew up. Yes, so it's full of Minnesota small-town jokes. Yes. And just everybody is putting on their best ridiculous Minnesota accent. And the number... I would like to start a drinking game. How Drink every time they say the word bars. Well, I think it's like two or three times, I would say. They say it a lot of times. Or, you know, crap. They say crap. Crap. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't even know where to begin other than when I told you there's going to be more people you recognize in this movie. I wasn't lying, was I? I mean, we also decided, okay, we want to have a female-led movie. There are like three guys, four guys in this entire movie. And they all suck. They all suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, other than like the father of Denise Richards, the two judges and the son of one of the judges. And then one of the other dads and like the funeral parlor guy. Yeah, it's a couple yeah. like high school. Dudes. Very, very minor thing is, of course, people in the crowd and the, like, the, the teenage boys. Anyway, so we could only just start at the beginning here because we are establishing what this world is. The world of very small pageants. Yes, so this is the local pageant to decide who's going to regionals, and then the regionals will decide who's going to nationals. Who's going to go to state, and then regionals, and then nationals, I think. Well, yeah, that's what I said. It's the small town. It's the smallest one. I just don't know the terminology. Fine, whatever. Yes, this is... To decide who's going to go to the airport hojos outside of the the Sin Cities, a.k.a. the Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul, to decide who's going to nationals. For this pageant of a cosmetics company that has been doing this for 50 years. And, like, the beginning, they start with, like, an infomercial for the pageant. Mm -hmm. And it's Adam West. Yeah, Adam West is doing his best, like pageant presenter guy and of course it's him being adam west it's just him on the joke and this is the beginning of adam west being in on the joke of just himself 
Like everybody saw like Family Guy and he was the mayor in the Family Guy town until he died. Which would have started about the same time this movie was recorded. Yeah. yeah, so Adam West started to get out there, and this is the only time that he shows up in the movie. But they reference him again. So at the beginning, they say he was the host of last year's national pageant. Yep. And later in the movie, somebody says, oh, I heard that so-and-so hooked up with Adam That's West. That's right. And they have a little card on the screen that says... He could not be reached Mr. for Mr. West comment. could not be reached for comment. <laughs> and again, you ha- you cannot use his name in something like this without his okay, which, I mean, he's in the goddamn movie, so of course he's okay with it. Well, and how they set it up is so great because they're watching a tape of this yes. program yes. because it's 1995 and that's how we would have done it. And one of the moms who is on the board the panel, yeah. recorded over it with the Days, days of, of Our, our Lives. lives. <laughs> the opening theme of the 90s version of the Days of Our Lives theme. Well, the rest of that video gone forever (laughs) but what we would have said is (laughs) and yeah we established that we're in this small town and we start being introduced to all the different girls who are going to be competing in this local pageant yeah and kirstie alley is at this time probably the biggest star in this movie yeah in 1999 she was man i can't really think of too many things that she would have been really really famous for other than the Look Who's Talking movies. Yeah. Because at this time, those movies were really big. We would have like, made they were three very by good. now. They're not very good, but they're very popular. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of the 90s in a nutshell. Right. <laughs> Nothing was very good. It no. was all very popular. Right. And the fact that she's kind of game for everything is, I mean, it says something about her. And, you know, she's... In later years, it was revealed that she was very much more of a weirdo, but we don't need to get into all that. Oh, there is a lot of people in this movie and things about this movie that are problematic. They do not age well at all. No, 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 no. There are parts of this that we could just completely cut out and I would be very happy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I read this, the Will Sasso thing, which by the way, Will Sasso is in this movie, it at kind of the, the beginnings of him being a name, I guess he was on Mad TV. That was the thing that he was most famous for. In the 90s, yeah. Yeah. So his part was added after the fact. Because the men felt left out. You really needed that? Yeah, it's... Dude! No, it's not appropriate. It has aged so badly. He is doing a really offensive character. Yep. Like, deeply offensive. And he doesn't need to be there at all. It's genuinely played for a big joke. Yeah. And it's... Oh, it just makes you cringe every time he's on the screen. And you know, for the time, I understand that people would react this way to a character like this, to a person like this. You just don't need to point it out. Yeah. And they use the R word a A lot. lot. Like a lot. Yeah. So that whole thing is really, really bad. And genuinely, if you read like on IMDb, kind of the behind the scenes stuff, they added it, like you said, after the fact, because there weren't enough men in this movie. Who the fuck cares? You did not, not need that. them. It's it is not, not about, about you. And then the only other men are his dad who runs the hardware store. Yeah. You've got a guy who works at a pharmacy named John Doe, but it's D-O-U-G-H, uh-huh. who clearly has a shady past and is... Let's just call him a pedophile. A, he's a pedophile or at least a creepy pervert. Sure. Like I don't know where the line was as far as this guy is concerned, but... Yeah, he's gross. And then the dad who's rich and drinks and smokes all the time. Yeah, he, and then the other dad. Yeah, there's the dad who owns the furniture store who is, again, also very problematic, saying some things that yeah. you really should not be saying at all. But again, 
Betsy and I grew up in this part of the country, and that was the language that was used by the the elders, let's say. Sadly, I will tell you, there's a lot of accuracy to it the people here. It is authentic. It is authentic. So, like, down to, like, when we're introducing the movie, they're driving around small-town Minnesota and, like, seeing all these landmarks. Like, the big fucking cow. There's a big statue of a cow. Yeah. There's a billboard in the middle of a field for right. the oldest living Lutheran. Right. And she's been dead for years. And then the mayor of this town comes out and saying, I wish the do- the goddamn Shriners would take that down. She has been dead for so many years. Every year I call those sons of bitches and I say, <laughs> take down the goddamn son. <laughs> and then the, oh, the, the woman on the picture, it's like from the 1900s. It's like a very, very old woman. The 1800s. Very old picture. Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah. It, it, it captures the small town attitude perfectly. There's a lot of jokes between about like Lutherans and Catholics. There's uh-huh. a lot of that. They talk about Ludafisk. Yep. There's they, a joke about Ludafisk at the high school. I don't think that they would serve Ludafisk at high school, Betsy. I mean, maybe on a special occasion. I don't know. <laughs> maybe on Fridays. If you, on Fridays, listeners, went to small town schools in small town Minnesota, please enlighten us. Did you have Ludafisk <laughs> in the cafeteria? See, I mean, we didn't go to school in Minnesota, but you definitely went to a very small high school. I did, yes, but yeah. I never had Ludafisk, but no. I also wasn't at the Lutheran school. <laughs> That's right. You're at the Catholic school. <laughs> Yeah, I've also never had Ludafisk, and I don't, think, I. I don't think I'm going to. No, it is very much an acquired taste. I have heard it is vile. Like yeah. they, the woman in this that describes it, like the town elder who was right. who was this pageant winner in 1945, <laughs> <laughs> describes Ludafisk, and it's like cod that's been soaked in lye for a week. Yep, best served drowned in butter right (laughs) so you can only make it bearable if you drown it in butter but there's a lot of jokes like that in this town and then we start kind of meeting all of the different people who are competing yeah amongst them like you said denise richards which i'm just gonna say this might be her best movie I would say this is the role that she's born to play because it's about the only thing she can play. Her range. She plays the same fucking character in Wild Things. She's the rich, stuck-up bitch. And kind of a ditz in this one. Like, she's not... I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of, I guess, shallow. Yes. Like, everything she says has no weight to it because yes. she's pretending to care about other people. Yeah, she's just putting on a line. Yeah, but she's really good in this and she is committed to the joke. Also, she was 29 years old. She sure was. Playing 17. Yeah, she was. She doesn't look it. She's a a young 29. Yeah. Uh, Also, we have Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, I had no idea. This is right before she had her big breakout with Bring It On. Yep, so we're on that cusp. She says the phrase Bring It On in this goddamn movie. She does. She's getting in a cat fight with Denise Richards. Like two or three times. A few times. <laughs> uh, amongst the other contestants are Brittany Murphy, who... Brittany Murphy, She yeah. already had done Clueless at this point. Right. So she was, again, pretty well known, but she never really, in the 90s, made it super big. No, she never broke out. She never really had any kind of, like, starring, starring role until the early to mid-2000s. And I think, that, like, the biggest thing that she was involved in was, of course, 8 Mile. Mm-hmm. And that one um, romantic comedy with uh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, just married. That. Yes, she made yeah. that. And she's she had an all right career. She made a lot of movies. I just genuinely didn't see a lot of them because I don't know that they were that well received. Yeah. They exist, but yeah. 
Uh, she was also in Girl Interrupted this same year. Hmm, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I've you, never, never seen that. You've so. not seen that one, but she was getting a lot of work is my point. Sure. And this movie features the debut movie performance of Amy Adams. And that seems odd to me because I feel like Amy Adams should have been active since like 95 or something. Well, she is 25 in this movie and yeah. blonde. She's very young. Yeah. But you have to remember what she was doing when they were making this movie in Minnesota. She was at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, which oh. is another small town near the Twin Cities. Okay. Where they have this really world-renowned mm -hmm. musical theater. A lot of people have come out of that thing. And this is where Amy Adams was hanging out. So I'm sure they had auditions for other parts because they were filming it in Minnesota. You yeah. read they actually film at, quote, the Mall of America. But what the mall is is yep. actually where they filmed Mallrats. It's the same mall as Mallrats, the, the exterior of that mall. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, the moms go, you had Ellen Barkin as one of the other moms. Uh, not a mom, but Allison Janney. I fucking love Allison Janney. She is perfect yes. in this movie. Yes. She is. All she needed was the accent, and I believed her 100%. <laughs> oh, it's, shit. It's so incredible. Uh, and I think that's kind of it, I think, for the major players. Everybody else is just... Yeah. Kind of people I don't really recognize or they're small bit players from the 90s. Yeah, and they're just there for another joke. Like, you could have had five more people with five more different jokes and they wouldn't have mattered. Well, in almost every frame of this movie, because it's a mockumentary, there is something going on in the background, yes, too. Yes, I fucking love those shots. There's, like, the shot of, like, during the pageant, there was the Amy Adams character and her boyfriend making out like aggressively in the background. We have the Alice and Janney character near the end of the movie, like slapping the ass of like a delivery courier guy. <laughs> She's also like picking up bartenders at yeah. the, re at the local like heavily pageant, heavily <laughs> flirting with people, like yeah. kissing them. And during that, like the final at state, she's like, they don't show it, but she's fucking one of the guys in a hotel room there. Yeah, when everybody, when everything goes really wrong yeah. and really badly, she emerges from a room with a disheveled looking bartender. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't hear us, did they? <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is, these are all 17-year-old girls participating for a shot at the state level. And Kirstie Alley is Denise Richards' mom, and she's also the board president. So she's running this pageant. She also was the pageant winner back in the yeah. 70s yes so the movie starts off sane enough there's like weird quirky things happening like yeah because we're getting the introduction of all these different girls we have the dog girl there's a yep yeah, the girl who is obsessed with a german shepherd who attacked her right so she had to have uh some of her butt fat removed in to replace her stomach oh, <laughs> it was very strange there was the girl who was adopted by japanese people which again is another very problematic thing yeah it was very yep an interesting choice uh you've got kirsten dunst who works at a morgue doing the hair and makeup yep. after school and again i love how everything is just matter of fact it's just how it is they introduce her in a morgue and there's a dead guy on the table doing the makeup yep and later on we get her in her mobile home where i guess her mom has a 
Like a, a, her own salon in she the front hair, of her yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've also got Denise Richards, who is like the good Christian girl and head of the gun club. I'm sorry. I think at the time, at the beginning of the movie, she's the vice president of the Lutheran Sisterhood Gun Club That's or whatever right. it's called. Yep, yep, you got it. <laughs> and then you've got this other girl who's good at everything, who is like the varsity captain of right. the different sports team. I'm she's in track. Also the, I, yep. She's the president of the gun club. Yep. And she's... Like a farmer's daughter. Tammy. And within the first 10 minutes, Tammy blows up. Yeah. And She's on the thresher taking a ride somewhere and it blows the fuck up. She goes over a hill and there's a massive explosion. And I mean, this is just the introduction to this movie. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of movie is this? I had to remind you what the name of the movie uh-huh. is. <laughs> Now I get it. Now at this point, I get, get it. it. Now I know what to expect in this fucking movie. And then it just kind of keeps devolving from there as we progress through these girls' lives and the documentary crew is happening. Thomas Lennon, I didn't even realize until this yeah. viewing that he's the documentarian. You may not know his name, but you absolutely know his face and his voice. Another one of those bit players. This would have been right around the time Reno 911 started, or yeah. right before. He's the guy with the mustache. He's the guy with the, the main mustache. guy with the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> you know him from. Uh, also, like, I love you, man, yep. and a bunch of the Judd Apatow things. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's that kind of a guy, but you know his voice once you've recognized it, and yeah. I didn't know I this recog- him. I recognized the voice immediately. I just yeah. had to look up what his name was. Yep. So he's behind the camera, and he's following these girls as they get ready for the pageant. You know, doing the things that a documentarian would do, ask the questions of, what, do you th- what are you feeling? We just need some footage for the, for the documentary, so give us some stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we follow them more and more bad things keep happening. So Denise Richards is talking to the the varsity football captain in the cafeteria right. and he's kind of blowing her off, but he's flirting with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. And then the next scene, they're in the morgue and he's been shot in, in the, the head. head. And then immediately it cuts to her cleaning her gun. <laughs> well, there's also a joke there where he's like trying to ask her out and yeah. saying, do you want to hang out on Friday? And she says, oh, I don't know if I can. It's our busy season. It's hunting season. And I how non everybody is with the number of deaths. Like right. in this small town of 5,700 people during hunting season, a lot of Those accidents happen. pile up. Yeah. She even has a line of dialogue somewhere around there where she's just like, you know, he caught a stray bullet right between the eyes. Right. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It's hunting season. Yeah. I, we got it's, another it's, stray it's, bullet, and I'm just going to need some more caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you're catching a cold. Yeah. No, no. No. Another guy who is just flirting with you is dead, and you just move on with your day. Again, I love how everybody is just completely fine with all of the yes. death happening everywhere. Yes, it happens. And they even have those sequences with the cops when it's... Right. Really suspicious. He's just like, oh, oh no, we, we, did. we did an, a, a thorough investigation. Thorough. thorough investigation. And yeah, he got shot accidentally. We don't suspect foul play. No. Nope. This fire that just suddenly happened? No, that's fine. Yeah. And then. Bad Kir- wiring. Kirsten Dunn's trailer blows up. Right. And her mom was in the trailer. <laughs> so her hand melts to a can. Her hand is fused <laughs> to this beer can. And of course, later on, she has to lose that hand. Yep, they have to take it and she gets a hook. And I love the the, the little jokes. You, you blink and you miss them. Like she's, every, God, God, everybody is smoking in this movie. Again. Everybody. The firemen are all God smoking. God damn it. <laughs> but like she uses the beer can as an ashtray. 
I didn't even catch yeah, that. Yeah, when they're watching the initial pageant. Oh she's my in God. the crowd smoking and she's ashing in, into the can. I didn't see that at yeah. all. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, everybody is constantly doing something in this movie. So yes. it's very easy to miss stuff like Every that. Every frame is filled with something. I love it so much. <laughs> and yeah, who else dies? There's a lot of death. Like Tammy well, dies, the boyfriend dies. The the girl who was doing the signing. That's right. Yeah, there's a girl who is going to be interpreting a song right. while she dances. But she gets news. I didn't really catch all this stuff. There is a deaf child who was born. Yes, yeah, someone in her family had a baby. And the baby is deaf, and so she has to leave early. So she swaps her numbers okay, that's what it with is. Kirsten Dunst because she needs to go to the hospital. Because they're just having rehearsal. She can leave. Sure. And while they're rehearsing, a light drops from the ceiling and lands on her head. And she's dead. She's not dead. She. They actually say that she's in the hospital, but the, <laughs> the concussion... Lost her her hearing. What? So I, okay, she's I completely, I yeah. completely skipped that. While they're waiting after the pageant for the judges, somebody says, has anyone gone to see her? Oh, and they're like, yeah, no. I saw her today. She's thrilled. because <laughs> She's deaf now. It, it, she's deaf now. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's God, I mean, I just was reacting to all of the very extreme dark moments in this movie. And I love a dark comedy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And I was, I think the thing is, I'm just surprised that they went there so many times. Oh, yeah. This is very twisted at different times. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to the pageant and everything goes exactly kind of how you would expect. Everybody has been saying the whole movie, Becky is going to win because her mom is the pageant head and yeah. what else would happen? Yeah. She's got to be the winner. She's got to win everything. But everybody thinks that Amber deserves it. So Kirsten Dunst should be the winner, but Amber's going to win. And after, and I'm just going to keep going to all the terrible things because it's just funny. After Becky wins, they have a big parade. I don't know what this parade is for. Any, why we're having a parade. Betsy, if you've been in a small town, <laughs> they love their parades. Any reason to yeah. have a parade. Any reason to use whatever resources they have to build a float, to have something happen. Because I don't know if you know this, but in small towns, nothing happens. It's very uneventful. Yeah. Like the Why talk of the town was something, always something stupid that they remember forever. Why do you think so many people drink and smoke and just get pregnant when they're 16? There's nothing to do in a small town. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And everybody laments this terrible place that they live and wish yeah. they could get out. Yeah. The mom of Kirsten Dunst is just telling her, please get I me. Mean, I'm not regretting you at all, but I need you get it to get out of this town. And you winning this pageant is the key to get out. I love the joke when Kirsten Dunst says guys leave all the time, right. either with hockey scholarships or prison. Or prison. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it goes exactly the way you would think. And they have a big parade and there's a giant float that Denise Richards' father has had made, which, again, he, he hires cheap labor from Mexico. But the way he phrases uh -huh. it is really, I'm not gonna say it. really terrible. And she won't get on the float, this giant swan, because it smells like gasoline. And Betsy, from here, I knew exactly what was going to happen. So when Kirstie Alley lights a sparkler yeah because as it's going to come down the road it's going to have all sorts of yeah. like sparklers and everything else it's going to be a big show she explodes 
Yeah, it's she, a giant she explosion. She bursts into flames. I still to this day don't quite understand why the float is covered in gasoline other than the I joke would, of their dad is terrible. No, I think, it, I honestly, this is my thought. I think the people who built the float hate the fucking dad and they covered it in gasoline because fuck them. Okay. The other thought I had was they did it this way thinking that she was actually not going to win that Amber was going to win and that they could get rid of Amber this way. Well, then why would Kirstie Alley light it? I don't know. No, I, <laughs> like I, I said, I, it, it leaves a little bit of sense. That does not make sense to but me. But it's so fucking funny when it happened. <laughs> and like, you knew it was going to happen and I saw you jump. Like, I fucking yelled when that happened. Because it's a massive explosion. It is. It is massive. And because she's dead, that makes... Kirsten Dunst, now, the yeah. first runner-up is the person who has to go. That's why you have to have runners-up yep. for just the occasion. Yep, so she is now the princess, or whatever they called her. Yep. She goes to state, and then everybody there gets seafood poisoning. Oh my god. Salmonella. As, as soon as I saw all of that seafood being loaded up on these plates, I knew there was going to be some kind of thing happening. Everybody there. eats the shellfish and they get sick except for her. And because she's the only girl left standing, they give she her the She wins crown. by default. And then when they get to the nationals, the entire company yep. has been seized. Their assets have been seized because of tax evasion. Yeah, the IRS shut them down as soon as they get there. And all of the girls who come for nationals, they wreck shop they break windows they trash the sign out front because the pageant was canceled yes and nobody bothered to tell them yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just dark 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 but also really fucking funny this whole movie so that's kind of the flow of it and so much of it is just lines of dialogue and little character moments so what are some things that we haven't covered yet that you feel must be addressed i mean the really really sad moment was when they kept on bringing the most recent pageant winner back again kind of the thing where in 1999 making it the butt of a joke was really funny but it's really horrible now. Yeah, anorexia and bulimia. Th this girl is in this this ward of the hospital, which, by the way, I remember a little movie. I cannot remember the name, but it, I believe it was shown to us in school, starring the one and only Amy Jo Johnson. What? About being anorexic and yes. bulimic? She is a gymnast in school oh, no. and th this is like a after school special kind of a movie to teach you about the conditions that we're talking about here oh no uh-huh and yeah in this movie but in the 90s it was a big big deal it was and it, like i appreciate people actually talking about it and educating kids about what it is yes but here she is this wafer thin gasping for air cannot breathe her hair is falling her hair out her hair is falling out and it's played for laughs and it's uh, mm, I, I, it I mean, is Trent it it's is, 1999 it, it is, is absolutely it is to a point but not as much as the rest of it I take less umbrage with her character and how she is depicted than the rest of them because it is a real problem for people who are in this thing, this pageant world. Trent, when they put her in a black wig yes. and she weighs like 90 pounds and they are wheeling her around, her nurse is pushing her in a wheelchair yes. with an IV I agree while she with lip that. sings. I agree with that. 
it's real bad. <laughs> I agree with that. But on the other side of the coin, you've also got playing it for laughs with Denise Richards, who is, <laughs> her talent is singing and she can't. She of can't course. sing. So she's kind of dramatically talking the lyrics to, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of and you. And as soon as she started talking, saying, I I just need to, d- to dedicate this song to this one person. And I said to myself, it's Jesus, isn't it? It's, it's Jesus. Jesus. It's yep. gotta be Jesus. They have a stuffed... Jesus Christ on a cross, and she dances with him. Velcroed, his hands are velcroed to the cross. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah. she grabs the arms and wraps them around her at one point. She is a good Christian girl. God damn it. And she loves Jesus it. so much. God damn it. That he is part of her routine. <laughs> Jesus. Again. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> this. Oh. Again. It is so fucking accurate, Betsy. The small town attitude and the people in that crowd would probably, like, in real life, they would love that. They They would would love that. Yeah. The things that, I like that the thing that makes them go the most nuts, though, is Kirsten Dunst's tap number. Right. They love that. She gets a standing O. Yeah, because she's great. And that's the only one where they show, like, the entirety of her talent. Yeah, everybody else gets cut short. Mm-hmm. Or they drop out entirely. Brittany Murphy just decides to say, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win. Take my costume. No, my brother it has has the talent in the family. This is another thing for the time. Yeah. It was interesting. So yeah. she says, this is my brother, Peter. Yeah. He went all the way to New York to fulfill his dream. And he's a drag queen. Yes. Here he is as Liza Minnelli. I was going to sing New York, New York, but he's a much better Liza than I am. (laughs) Or like he has better legs than me or some joke like that. Yep. And at the end, she's screaming at her dad. He's gay, dad. He's gay. In 1999, you know, dad was like, wait, what? He didn't understand. It's like, dude, he's a drag queen from small town Minnesota who Went now lives in New York. all the way to New York City, yeah. Like, you you could have figured that out, that one out, sir. <laughs> yep. Uh, I also love the obsession with Diane Sawyer, of all things, <laughs> by, Kirsten's, by Kirsten Dunst. Um, I almost said Kirsten Stewart. Wrong Kirsten. <laughs> Wrong one. No, I, I love the obsession with her because, you know, that's a very squeaky clean kind of a, a role model. And, of course, by the end of the movie, she literally picked up the microphone from a dead woman who just got shot during a live a live spot. And she she literally took her job away. She did do that. Well, and of what course, the fuck? Diane Sawyer famously got started as a pageant girl. Did she really? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, Diane Sawyer, that's why she keeps referencing her as her idol. She was a beauty pageant girl back in like the 60s or 70s. Nope. And then she became a news anchor. Nope. Had no idea. She is a really well-respected news anchor now, and especially in 1999. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's how she got her start, (laughs) which is why she wants to follow that path. And at the end of the movie, she has her fucking 90s haircut, that like Diane Sawyer bob. (laughs) But you're right. Kirstie Alley is the villain behind this whole thing. She organized for her daughter to win. She's the one that rigged the thresher so it would blow up. She's the one who shot. This is unclear. I don't know if she shot the guy. I feel like Denise Richards probably shot that boy right between the eyes. I feel like. Denise Richards shot that kid. Because that just feels more likely in that scenario. Like mother, like daughter. Yep. But she also stole 
Kirsten Dunst's costume so yep. she couldn't compete yep. because the costume had to be pre-approved. There's uh, the light that fell down. She mm-hmm. rigged that to happen. Which, how does that happen? Do you have like a timer to have something drop on somebody? I mean, if you really wanted to take out Kirsten Stewart, then you would Kirsten have been up. Kirsten Dunst, you're doing it again. I did it again. <laughs> if you really wanted to kill her, uh, you would have been up there when she was performing. But, she might have been. We didn't see where she was standing. But again, how, how do you make that happen? When you when, want, how when you it want. Was, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably loosen it up enough and she's only got so much room on the stage. You hope... At the best, you break her arm or something. Plot hole. I'm calling a plot hole. (laughs) It landed exactly squarely on this girl's head. I feel like it did (sighs) knock out some of the competition. I mean, it knocked out her hearing, so that's enough. (laughs) So she is the one behind all of this. She goes to prison, and at the end of the movie, she escapes prison seeking her revenge. That's right. And it's a big police standoff. It's also after she got second place in the prison pageant. In the state prison beauty pageant. (laughs) I think that was really the trigger that made her escape. Those are the circumstances under which Kirsten Dunst becomes a news anchor because a stray bullet caught the anchor who was live on the air and her poise under pressure got her the job (laughs) in the big bad city. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. She went all the way to the Twin Cities for her, her big break. Her dream. It's fulfilled. Jesus. Well, and that's another, like when they were handing out prizes at the pageant, they're like first prize, or sorry, second runner up gets yep. a $50 scholarship to the Votech of their choice. Oh my God. <laughs> again, it is so fucking accurate. And again, we, we mentioned the fact that the screenwriter here did grow up in Minnesota. She was a pageant girl and she's in the movie. She doesn't have any speaking lines. She's the quiet woman who is the other judge. She's judge number three without any lines. And I have to wonder, like, did she work in a place like this furniture store where the owner's like slapping her ass and is just terrible? I mean, probably. I I mean, she wrote what she knew, except all the murders, maybe. In the 90s, yeah. It... mm. There's so much about this that is just wrong now. But it's so right. The whole movie (laughs) is just so fucking accurate because it is exaggerated. That's what makes it funny. Well, I can't believe you haven't... (laughs) Haven't caught on to the fact every time we go to the Mall of America, the line she says in this movie, she's driving around trying to find a spot to park. And she goes, oh, I, yeah. I, would, I would hope they'd have put the parking lot of America to every time I go to the Mall of America. I mentioned the parking lot of America. And then she's talking about the themes. And her favorite oh, yeah. one is America. I can. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, how did you feel about the uh, theme this year? So this this year's theme was <laughs> proud to be an American, and all of the contestants had to go and tell the audience at the beginning of the pageant mm-hmm. why they were proud to be an American. Yeah, we had Denise Richards as Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. We had somebody as... You can take an ugly mountain and put famous, important men yep. on it instead. <laughs> yep. We had one of them who was the Statue I think the Brittany Murphy one was Statue of Liberty, Wrapped in tinfoil. Yep, it was a Barbie and had, wrapped in tinfoil. And tin had foil. a candle on top that she was trying to light, <laughs> and she couldn't light it. Yep. And you also had the, uh, was it, uh, the, the Washington Monument? Yeah, Amy Adams Amy, is stroking Amy the Adams obelisk. is jerking off this obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> and the boyfriend is in, is in the crowd just going fucking nuts. Hooting and hollering. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. of course, then you've also got Kirsten Dunst, who has... 
the United States of America made out of glitter and uh-huh. Minnesota is gold. Minnesota is the only one that isn't uh, either red or blue. I'm totally going to make that hat for a costume sometime. That is just so perfect and stupid. And then we also had the girl with the ball of twine. Yep, she didn't understand the assignment. I didn't understand the assignment and it falls off. <laughs> Shit. And the other girl has atomic power. She has an atomic bomb in her head. Right. Yeah. And you know what? The only other thing that would have worked in this thing would be like a can of spam because of the spam museum <gasps> in Minnesota. Oh, that would have been so perfect. Yeah, but then- Did they you, not get the you, rights you, to spam? Yeah, you would have had to get the rights to spam. I didn't see anyone from Austin, Minnesota. Yes, this, I did. In this pageant. At I the did. state? At the state, yes. Okay, I saw Burnsville and I saw Pine City. Yeah, all of the other towns where all these girls are from at state, those are all real towns. And they're all pretty much around Minneapolis, St. Paul. Well, yeah, there's nothing up in the way, way north, except there was a Duluth. There was a Duluth. Yep, there was an Owatonna. Okay. All of these are real. <laughs> Nobody from our side of the of, of the state. Nobody they did near mention us. South Dakota. They did in in a uh, rather detrimental kind of <laughs> and a defaming kind of way. They thought that maybe the one of seafood, the other competing states the in the region would have been tainted. This is foul play by another <laughs> surrounding state. Maybe it was South Dakota. Maybe it was those kids in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. The only mention South Dakota gets in the whole movie. (laughs) Well, what else you got, Trent? The only other thing I had was a very, very small moment here that just tickled me. Alice and Janney is talking about something. I do not remember what it is in reference to, but she's mentioning like a retirement home and she called it a raisin ranch. (laughs) The best she can hope for in her for later in her life. Is finding a good raisin ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, there's some great lines of dialogue in this. So after Kirsten Dunst's costume gets stolen, they're all commiserating with her, trying to figure out what to do. And Amy Adams' character says, "They're not gonna let you perform naked." I asked. <laughs> right. She, again, she's playing like the stereotypical ditzy, slutty uh, cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Well, they even say like they ask her the question that she is asked at the pageant is, "Are you nervous?" And she says, "Yeah." Yeah, it's been about two months, and I haven't told my boyfriend yet. How did you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we The meant- implication is that she's pregnant. She got knocked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, she becomes a beauty cosmetologist or something. Well, we also didn't mention, I forgot to and say. And a stripper, she disappeared. That's right. That's right. Uh, we didn't mention the interview questions that the judges asked them. Yep. The first being, what kind of tree would you be? If you were a tree, yep. what kind of tree? Uh, alive or dead, who do you want to be president? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Kirsten Dunst gets the question, uh, or not even a question, uh, you need to list the states in alphabetical order and spell them. It's, what? It's almost like that question was rigged. Right. Because they specifically say, oh, you're Amber? Okay, and then he turns the page. Turns the page, yeah. Yes. So these judges have very much been told exactly what is supposed to happen here yeah. and make it as difficult as possible. But she did for her. it. But she did. And I love it three and a half minutes later. Wyoming, W Y O M I N G. Yeah, she starts like really kind of low and slow, but by the end, two, three and a half minutes later, she's all perky and happy because she's, she's done. She's doing it. She did it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could get through it but i'd have to really think about it and i would definitely make some mistakes and forget some it would take more than four minutes to do it too absolutely when you haven't prepared i have no idea (laughs) Uh, the only other little thing i wanted to mention that i didn't know uh at the end credits 
the music, the score, was done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who is of Devo fame. He's Mr. Devo. And he is now Wes Anderson's go-to. So this yeah. would have been like right before Royal it's, Tenenbaums. It's right when he was right starting Rushmore to, came out. to get into composing, like mm-hmm. musical scores. Yeah, it's great. It's quirky. He does quirky scores. And this movie is absolutely quirky. Yeah. Well, that was all I had, Betsy. Did you have anything else? Uh, I just love the fact that more people come up to Alice and Janney and reference this movie than anything else in her career. Right. That's the top of the uh, IMDb trivia. People recognize her from this movie more than any other movie. And we were just also talking, geez, like what, what, like what was the first thing that you saw Alice and Janney in? And for me, it's probably American Beauty, which came out the same year. It might be this for me. I'd have to go and do some cross-referencing. I guess it depends on when you saw American Beauty. And it depends on when I saw this. I saw this right. pretty soon after it came out, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a part of me thinks it's this. Probably this. <laughs> which Great makes, impression. Which makes my heart so happy. Great impression. Because she is fantastic in this movie. All right. Well, that's going to be it for Drop Dead Gorgeous. We would love to hear your thoughts on this or any other mockumentaries or any of the other movies we did this month. Give me some recommendations for other mockumentaries that you've, that you've seen. Sometimes Trent just needs to be sat down and shown the movie <laughs> like today. Indeed. <laughs> so email us, please. Never seen it pod at gmail.com. We have one such email from our super fan Stephanie about a recent movie we did. We did M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. She says, I really like this one. I think the leads are great, and I like the comic book touches and weird camera stuff. I love the father son relationship, and I don't mind the kid being so involved. There are, of course, some lame lines and plot holes, but they don't really bother me. Yeah, it was. Like the same time from it's, 90s, 2000s, yeah. we can let it go. It's a Shyamalan movie. For sure, you should watch Split and Glass. So obviously, at the time, Unbreakable was a standalone, but mm-hmm. now there are two intertwining movies. Yep. I love The Visit, but I don't think many have seen it. I also love Signs, but I might be alone on this, and I know Mel Gibson is problematic now. Yeah, he's always been problematic, but people didn't really care. It was the 90s. Yeah. As evidenced once again by the thing we just watched Uh and other stuff from this era. We'll get to more Shyamalan later. She finishes, I have been watching all of the Star Wars movies in celebration of May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th. Yeah, this this email came in a couple weeks ago. I watch one film a day, so it takes 11 days. Miss you and love you, superfan Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. As always, for sending in this email and all of the other emails you continue to send us. Yes, so be like Stephanie. Email us, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're pretty easy to find on all of those platforms. You can click the link in the podcast description and support the show by sending us a buck and we can bring you more quality content like Drop Dead Gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) But we would most love you to go and rate us five stars. We hear that that helps and we can get out to more people and let them know about this podcast. So that's it, Trent. We made it through the month of May. We're done with May. But you know what that means, Betsy? What does it mean, Trent? June is coming up and we have an announcement. This, this episode is coming out on the 31st. The next episode you hear will be the start of another brand new series. And what are we covering, Betsy? So all of the Sundays in June, so just the Sundays, and then the first Sunday in July. What's coming out the first week in, Ju- in July, Betsy? We are watching all five Indiana Jones movies because, friends, one of your hosts... <clears throat> I think you can figure out which one. Hi! Has not seen 
any of the Indiana Jones. So we'll cover this more. In full disclosure, he has seen the first I, one. I've seen the first one. One time. Once. But for completionist sake, we're going to do all five. Just like we did with the Fast and Furious thing. We'll get to, into more of this. But yes, we're going to cover all five indie movies. Yeah, so we're going to do those leading into the brand new one that comes out at the end of June. And then uh, we'll see. We'll fill it in on the Wednesdays with some other stuff. Yep. We don't know yet. We don't plan. We've told you this, guys. For weeks we've been saying, we don't plan very well. We're getting better. We're trying to get better. <laughs> but that's going to be it for May, for Drop Dead Gorgeous, for all the series that we covered this month. And with that, this has been Never Seen It. My name is Betsy. And I'm Trent. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.